welcome to The Melon Tapes, the lo-fi laid-back podcast recorded entirely on cassette tape. I'm your host, Dr. Melon, and today's episode is about space. But before we get to space, um, I do a quick word about my setup. So, I've invested in an actual microphone. Um, I'm still recording on the same old, same old, grindy uh, little tape recorder. So no worries there, but it is all running through my Tascam mixer because um, that can take the microphone input and outputs on a on a standard 3.5 millimeter jack. So, yeah, so it's it's hopefully my voice will come through a little clearer. My plosives won't be so explosive, and uh, the listening experience should be similar but refined. Anyways, back to the topic at hand: space. So I've been playing Starfield recently, Bethesda's new RPG. Um, I pre-ordered it, knowing full well it was going to be basically Skyrim in space, and it has indeed lived up to that. It is very much a Bethesda RPG. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, but it is very much in that kind of grouping of video game, where the way that the player is expected to react to the world and talk to the people inside and the kinds of things it asks you to suspend your disbelief for and the kinds of ways it expects the player to interact with the world are very much, you know, in line with Skyrim, Fallout, etc. So no surprises there, and that's exactly what we wanted it to be. Because for me, that's kind of like a comfort game. You kind of sit down, turn your brain off, and just have fun with it. It is not, you know, a super emotional RPG. There are some interesting stories, but certainly nothing, I think, for people out there who maybe enjoyed Mass Effect and things like that. It's a Bethesda RPG, okay? (laughs) Most of the time, you're going to be, you know, doing silly things like creeping around and stealing sandwiches, you know? Um, But that's perfect. That's really fun for me, just to to mess with. And, and, you know, there's refinement on those gameplay principles. Don't get me wrong. The actual minute-to-minute has has been updated in the decades since Skyrim launched. And there's a lot of customization, things like your spaceship and stuff. can be all put together with these Lego-like modules um, with interiors and exteriors. It's, It's quite nice. But um, that's not really what I wanted to talk about at length today. I wanted to talk about space and space games and the feeling of being lost or alone in space isn't something that comes up super often in games, but it's definitely something that can be done right. Um, So, you know, everyone's seen No Man's Sky, the kind of procedurally generated space game. You fly around, you land on planets, you walk around, you look at all this cool stuff. But there are games further back than that that I'm interested in, Um, particularly a game called Noctis. Uh, Noctis 4, I think, actually, is the full kind of name that's used right now uh, by an independent developer. And Noctis has been around for a long time and has this really strange and obscure concept of what it means to be in space. Um, It is kind of like uh, a very empty place um, that does have things to look at, but the the way that you kind of go to planets is in this kind of geometric, transparent ship. Um, It feels very dreamlike to play the game, Um, and the way that you control the ship and the way that it drifts through space is kind of... Uh, 
unintuitive in a way that makes it feel hostile and alien at first. But then as you kind of get used to the controls and get used to the way that the universe is constructed and how space, the distances change as you get to higher and higher speeds, relativistic speeds. Um, and once you finally figure out how to land and set foot on a planet and look around it, it evokes this kind of sense of wonder that I don't think any game has managed to really do since then in terms of space. But the game itself is very mechanically light in terms of what you do. You kind of just go around and sightsee and kind of discover things. And it's beautiful in its way. Um, but there's another part of me that really enjoys super heavy simulationist games. And I mean like, uh, like interlocking systems. You know, I, I like Dwarf Fortress. I'm that kind of person. Sorry. <laughs> um, I love games where there's hundreds of interlocking systems at play. Um, as some people might know, I, I worked on the super simulation heavy uh, Space Station 13 uh, like a decade or so back. Um, for, for, you know, like a year or two, I worked on, on one of the branches. And that's the kind of game that really kind of made my brain like fizz with activity because you can combine all these interesting game systems in all these different ways. Um, but Space Station 13 is very much kind of like a, a higher order version of a hidden role game. Um, lots, every, you know, every character in the game is, is usually a player and you all have a role and some of you are traitors who want to sabotage stuff and the kind of the game systems provide the perfect platform with which to do that. But my ideal dream space game would be this kind of heavily simulationist game where the player is alone and exploring the stars and you're kind of getting this strange isolationist exploration feeling like you would get from Noctis. Um, but you're also kind of managing your spaceship in a very nuts and bolts kind of way. Like there's real pipes and real wires in your ship that control everything and provide the atmospherics. And of course the atmospherics are fully simulated. So, you know, you, you bust open an airlock door and all the air whooshes out. Um, in fact, the most recent game with an atmospheric sim like that, uh, that really impressed me was Hard Space Shipbreaker, a game where you deconstruct, uh, decommissioned old spaceships by hand, like pulling pieces off and cutting par parts with like a laser cutter and a welding tool. And that game has, uh, pressurized and depressurized cabins. And so if you just burst a hole through, like a tiny little hole through, all the air rushes out and all the things inside kind of try to come through the hole and smash apart and all it breaks apart and it's extremely dangerous and the air blows you around as a player and can seriously injure you or worse. Uh, and it's really fun trying to figure out, like, how do I cut into this thing to get it chopped up in the time limit that I have without, you know, blowing myself <laughs> into the ass end of space? Um, fascinating game with great atmospherics. So that kind of simulation, that kind of atmospheric simulation, and then this kind of you know, roguelike feel to having the player have extremely severe consequences very quickly if they are not careful. Um, and kind of the objective of the game would be to, you know, explore in space and find all these wonderful things or terrible things. You know, you could, you could land your ship on a planet and you could walk around it and pick things up and take them with you and, you know, oops, maybe you picked up a shape-shifting alien, you know, that looked like... You know, some food looks like a donut, but it wasn't a donut. It was a spider. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Spitballing here. Um, 
And I guess I'm kind of getting into a big blend of things here. I'm talking about let's mix Space Station 13 with Factorio and let's mix that with Caves of Cud, you know. But I think there's more to it than that. I think I think the core idea is really more about how do I make the player feel completely lost and alone in space, but not completely powerless. Like, they do have their own skills to rely on, and that it can be rewarding to be placed in this kind of dangerous situation but find ways to overcome it. And I've thought for a while, you know, would it be more fun with multiplayer? And the answer is, like, yes, but also no, because that takes away the isolationist feel. Um, because when you think about it, outer space is, like, beautiful and majestic, but it is terrifying. It is existentially terrifying. The idea of being out there, no planet, just a tin can, like, you know, <laughs> a couple of centimeters of metal between you and the infinite cosmos. Um, it is it is the single most dangerous place for a human being to be. Um, and it, any game where you really go out into that should feel like that at some point. I mean, obviously I'm not saying like every game, every space game should feel like that. No. Plenty of space games should feel free to feel like Star Wars or Star Trek or Firefly or whatever, you know. Uh, where people just kind of jump around in spaceships and, and don't really care so much about how brutally terrifying <laughs> what they're doing is. But the kind of game that I would make about space would be like that. Um, and I've tried a couple of times to make a space roguelike. I, I, I tried to make one called Station RL a long time ago, and that didn't really go anywhere beyond, hey, I generated some rectangles and connected them up with corridors. Uh, I had another game idea called Space Question Mark that got a little closer to that in terms of like the player picking things up and throwing them around and floating around in space. It was very much very heavily uh, based on Space Station 13. Um, and I worked on a version of that that had atmospherics and wires for a while, and that kind of went nowhere. Um, but one day, you know, one day I will do <laughs> a space game like this. Um, but yeah, space. Space, it's big, it's scary, it's very, very vast. Um, but it has kind of a fascination for me in a way that I'm not sure anything else ever really could. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my thoughts on that, really, on space and space games. Uh, another couple of recommendations, actually, for games I've got. Uh, Cosmeteer is a great game uh, in which you pilot spaceships around, crewed by little crew members that run around inside. Um, but you can kind of, like, blow up other ships and take little pieces of the ships and build them onto your own. Um, or you can go mining, or you can, you know, buy and trade and things, and that kind of takes the, the X and freelancer-style space game, but makes it kind of like this 2D... Uh, modular shipbuilding game. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's kind of like a, an interesting blend of ideas. Um, so if you're into kind of like quirky little 2D spaceship games, kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, Battleships Forever, Warning Forever, uh, Captain Forever, <laughs> that series, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this this episode of the podcast has been like, very meandering and mostly talking about 
games. Um, but let me just check my mailbox here and let me see if we have anything to talk about from email. Because um, if you have a question or if you have a topic you'd like me to speak about, you can send an email to podcast at melon.zone and I will read it and I will look at it. And I'm looking in the mailbag today and unfortunately we have nothing because it is only the third episode of the podcast. But as always, you can do that. Send me that email there or you could also send me a message on co-host or Mastodon or you know whichever social that you happen to see me on. But I'm going to wrap up there um, because... You know, a little shorter episode today, maybe, but that's okay. And I'm also anxious to see how my new recording setup has gone. So, yeah. I hope you have a a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are, and you're listening to this. And thank you for dropping by. It's been The Melon Tapes, and I'll see you again later. Bye for now.